0: Hello friends. Welcome to Silver Screen and Television Dreams where I bring on a friend and talk about TV shows and movies. So grab a glass of wine or a cup of coffee and join us as we discuss all things Hollywood. I'm your host Guacamole and today I have returning guest Ariana. Hello. Welcome Ari. How are you tonight?
1: Thank you. I am good. How are
0: you? Good. Uh, welcome back. Thanks for coming on. Mm-hmm. This is our third installment of the Harry Potter series. Yeah, we're just trucking through this thing. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, anything you want to share with our listeners about your life before we get into Harry Potter? No, that's private. Okay, great. This is good. <laughs>
1: <laughs> just kidding. But no, I'm just really excited to um, talk about this movie. This is actually one of my favorites.
0: Oh, well, that's yes. good to know. Um, okay, so... I always make you do the overall plot. So do you want to do the overall plot today or do you want me to do the overall plot? I want you to do it. Okay, great. So in Harry Potter, the third movie, it's called Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Escoban. So we kind of open up on Harry um, living with the Dursleys and his aunt comes to visit and he uses magic. Mm-hmm. to blow up his aunt which is like one of my favorite scenes <laughs> not like physically blow her up but like make her fatter yeah she just um, floats
1: away yes. in the guy
0: yeah she becomes like a big hot air balloon um and then he doesn't get in trouble for it which is like a shock to everybody because um wizard students are not allowed to use magic in the real world um but then he like goes to the leaky cauldron and then they warn him about um, Mr. Weasley warns him about a prisoner who escaped prisoner Sirius Black from Escoban and how um, Sirius Black is out to kill Harry. That's kind of like what? Mr. Weasley kind of implies to mm. Harry is that he's in danger and that Sirius Black is a murderer. Um, Harry, along the way, sees a lot of visions of a dog. So mm. he sees an actual dog at the beginning of the movie. And then in his teacup, in his like fortune-telling class, there's a dog, which means like the grim, which is death. And then when he's playing Quidditch, he sees the dog in the clouds. Um, and so it's this feeling that Sirius Black is coming to kill him and then we have a new character come on the screen the scene of Peter Pettigrew Mm -hmm. which um, we kind of find out that Sirius Black is being framed I guess of being a murderer when really it's um Peter Pettigrew who was the um like the backstabber. So they think that Sirius Black works for Voldemort and then we kind of find out that no he doesn't work for Voldemort. He was a friend of Harry's parents, not the murderer of Harry's parents, right? I mean, I feel like I get lost in this movie a lot. <laughs> There's um, a lot to it. This is a yes. uh, this
1: is a big movie for like history if if we're wanting to midway through kind of go backwards in time and look at the history of Harry and Voldemort and all of that. Yes.
0: Yeah. I feel like it's the first time we really start getting into the um the actual killing of Harry's parents. Mm-hmm. Um and the the reason they were killed and the scariness of it all like the intenseness of Voldemort, i feel like comes out even more in this movie which i feel like every movie does that it gets more and more intense but and
1: i would disagree a little bit because i would say that we don't really get the reasoning as to why harry's parents get killed as much as we get um the how they got killed or how it came to be that even though they were excellent wizards and all of these things like how did Voldemort reach them I think that we've discovered more of the why um in in the sixth and seventh films
0: yeah I think that would be a good distinction it's more the how than the why mm-hmm. yeah. yeah um so before we get too much into that um why do you love this movie so much
1: I think I enjoy the history of it. I enjoy the characters are getting a little bit older. And so you're seeing just the hints of development of romance between Hermione and Ron. Just little hints of it Mm -hmm. here and there. Um, And I do. I feel like we just learn a lot in this movie. When I was going through, I was I had to distinguish. Okay. Who are the new characters versus what are all the new spells that we learned, all the new creatures that we were introduced to, mm-hmm. all the different places that we discovered. Um, and so I just think that there's a lot more into the intricacy and the detail uh, in this movie.
0: Yeah, definitely. Uh, this movie presents my favorite spell, which is ridiculous. That's which your is, favorite. That is my favorite spell in the okay, Harry Potter why? world. I just think it's so... Ridiculous, like (laughs) a spell is literally called ridiculous to make your fear look silly. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know, I just it's, I don't know why it's probably my favorite spell, I just think it's a funny spell. Um, but I also love the Harry Potter world of fear is something that you make it. I feel like that's kind of a theme all throughout Harry Potter is Harry's not scared of Voldemort, that's why he says his name. He doesn't have a reason to, and he doesn't accept the fear. And I feel like Harry Potter does that a lot of people facing fear and realizing that fear is more in your mind than it is like a a thing that's, fear is real, but that when it's in your mind, it's a lot worse than what it is in real life. So in this movie, I feel like they help them understand how to overcome their fear And that's to make like a spider on roller skates and (laughs) Snape in McGonagall's clothing and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, I like that. But okay. Thoughts?
1: It's just interesting. My favorite spell is also in this movie, but my favorite spell would be expecto patronum. Mm, So I love the happiness spell. Yes. Um, But I also, I understand what you're saying about the fear aspect, but I really liked that. Like for Harry, his fear in this film anyways was the Dementors, which is under my list of new creatures that we see, which mm-hmm. we can talk about. Um, but in in that fear he wanted to learn the spell that would help protect him from that fear. So mm-hmm. he like went out of his way to learn the thing that would protect him. Yeah. So I liked that too.
0: Uh we can jump into the Patronus spell, um, because that becomes a big part of Harry's development as a character I think yes his his um the the transition from him being the quote chosen one to overcome Voldemort to people realizing like he is a leader mm-hmm. um is him learning the Patrona Patrona spell and mastering it before anybody else in his class yeah. and in later movies that becomes really important to his um his leadership at Hogwarts um so what is the Patrona spell
1: so it is called um, a Patronus spell, but it the spell itself is Expecto Patronum, um, and in it, you have to to cast it. You have to think of your most like happiest memory um, that you can think of, and what it does is it um, shoos away, I suppose you could say, uh, the creature of the Dementor, mm-hmm. um, which is like a life sucking, cold soul-sucking type of creature um, that they actually use coming full circle at the prison ask to keep the um prisoners in check and in, in there um so yeah
0: yeah the, i like the way ron describes it in the movie of saying when the dementor comes onto the train at the beginning of the movie he says it felt as if I was never going to be happy again. Right. And the Dementor was just in his presence. Like the Dementor wasn't even sucking the life out of Ron. Right. It was just around Ron. And that's how um he felt. And then with Harry, the Dementor was actually taking like Harry's life source, essentially. Right. um, Like his happiness and his. They
1: call it the Dementor's kiss. Yeah. Yeah. He, yeah. Taking his soul, I think. Is yeah. What they say it is.
0: So they're kind of freaky. They're not really, I tried to do some research on them and they're not really, like they're their own creature. Yeah. I thought maybe they would be like a wizard that had been cursed to a life of being a Dementor, but they're like their own creature. Right. They're like born and bred to be these things. These soul
1: sucking. Yeah.
0: Black hooded. Faceless kind of skeleton creatures. Yeah. Yeah. So they come on the scene, and they're actually at Hogwarts, which I find so interesting that Dumbledore allows them to be at Hogwarts. Dumbledore makes me so mad in this movie, but that's okay. Um, that he
1: allows them to be... Clearly unhappy about it, yes. but yet allowing it. Yes. Um, which makes you think that he's more so pushed into it by the Ministry of Magic, which we also kind of learn more about this movie. That's in my notes uh, as we learn... Um, we're introduced to Fudge, yes, and learn more about the Ministry of Magic. And I, I think that this is the beginning of the development of them being involved at Hogwarts. And this is just their first step is taking the Dementors and putting them in Hogwarts.
0: So they go to Hogwarts because they are um, the Dementors are at Hogwarts because they're seeking out um, Sirius Black, who is implied to be the first prisoner who has ever broken out of Escaban. Yep. And Escaban is like a prison that's in a rock in the middle of the ocean <laughs> surrounded by dementors. Yeah,
1: that's a good description. That's, <laughs> yeah. that's
0: it. So, uh why are people so concerned about Sirius Black being on the loose?
1: What is it about Sirius Black that makes people so nervous? I think his connection to Voldemort or his alleged connection to Voldemort would be um, that tied in with there's a natural fear that I think happens in people when something that has never happened before in the most lockdown of lockdown facilities, he's able to get out. So what else is he able to do and why did he want to get out? I don't think that it's. Full known knowledge to everybody that he wants to get Harry. I think that it's more along the lines of: is this a sign that Voldemort's coming back, and that's the fear?
0: Yeah. Um. So he is back essentially. Um. And the the Dementors are there to seek him out and Harry, Ron and Hermione find out that he is in this place called the Shrieking Shack Mm -hmm. or the Shrinking Shack. Shrieking Shack. Shrieking Shack. Okay. (laughs) Um, I can never like, I'm never quite sure if it's shrieking or shrinking. So in the book, how much of the book is actually taking place in the Shrieking Shack? How much of the book? How much of the book is in the Shrieking Shack? Because I feel like a fair amount of the movie is in this shack.
1: Oh, that's a good question. I couldn't tell you, actually. I couldn't. Okay. No, I don't know. But that's a good point because I hadn't thought about that. Oh, but then you get into, okay, so where is the Shrieking Shack?
0: Yeah, that's really confusing, too, because they go into the Whomping Willow. Yes, And that takes them to the shack, which I don't really quite understand how Mm -hmm. that happens. It's
1: just kind of the way that it's implied that it is.
0: Yeah. Which is weird. So this dog comes, right? So there's the, I forget what the one, um, the name of this thing is, but there's a person who can choose to be an animal and then there's a werewolf. So at the very beginning, they talk about. An animagus is what you're referencing. yeah, An animagus. um, So somebody who chooses to be an animal or a werewolf who doesn't choose to be an animal. Right. So then there's evidence that there's some animal on the loose at Hogwarts and it turns out to be this dog that drags them into the shrieking shack. And Mm
1: -hmm. it turns out that that's Sirius Black. Right. Which I I don't know if this is a commentary that I read or... Something that I made up, so I can't remember. But (laughs) my understanding is that's also how Sirius escaped from Azkaban was he turned, he starved himself basically to almost death and then turned Mm. himself into a dog. And that's how he was able to get through the bars and get past the Dementors because he was a dog.
0: Oh, that makes a lot of sense. Mm -hmm. I don't remember them ever really saying that in the movie. Well, they
1: definitely didn't. And I have no idea if it's in the books or like I said, if I made it up. Yeah, that would make sense, though.
0: So we have this, um, this like, we assume then that the creature that's been, like, wreaking havoc is this dog that's Sirius Black. And then we've come to find out that the Defense Against the Dark Arts teacher, Remus, is actually a werewolf. Yes. And there's, like, some... I love this in the movie. I never thought about it until the last time I watched it. Um, but Remus is the Defense Against the Dark Arts teacher, and he presents to them this creature that takes the sh- nobody knows what it actually looks like because it always takes the shape of your biggest fear, mm-hmm. and so like for Ron it's a spider, for mm-hmm. Neville it was Snape, <laughs> um for Harry it ends up being the Dementors, mm-hmm. and then Remus jumps in front of Harry to protect him from the Dementor, and it turns into a full moon. Yes. And I never thought about it before, but I was like, why would he be scared of, like, I thought it was just to, like, calm everybody down because it's, like, a nice scene. And then it hit me the last time, he's scared of Full Moon because he becomes a werewolf. Right. And werewolves have no concept of their other life when Mm -hmm. they turn into a werewolf. They just go off of their wolf instincts. Mm -hmm. Um, So then we find out that Remus was actually the one who was kind of causing some havoc at Hogwarts as well. Because he, like, Snape has to take over his class one day mm-hmm. because it's the full moon, and mm-hmm. so he has to, like, leave campus. and
1: Which is where I have some beef. Why? Because we're in the movie, and it's a full moon night. It only happens once a month, right? And Professor Snape gives him a potion, and I... I should have done this research before this podcast. But I know that the potion does something to calm down. I don't know if it stops him from transforming or it just makes the process easier or makes him more aware of himself. Snape makes him some sort of potion to assist in the process. Mm. And you can hear... Sirius maybe when he's when Professor Lupin is transforming into a werewolf that night after um, you know Pettigrew is discovered and Snape's there everybody's there in the um, outside of the Whomping Willow and um, Sirius goes did you take your potion tonight and so I'm just thinking you know, Lupin, this happens once a month, and you forgot to take your potion the one time that you needed to, and so now this is happening. And Pettigrew escapes, and I'm mad at you. Like, yeah. what? No, that no, unacceptable.
0: Yeah. Uh, it, I mean, otherwise there would be a story, I guess. But come on, <laughs> could have been a better excuse. <laughs> so off of that, though, right before Lupin turns into his werewolf self, we find out Sirius Black is the the dog. Um, which kind of makes sense why Harry's seeing this dog everywhere. Is right. Sirius is a dog.
1: And keeping an eye on him.
0: Yes. But Sirius, we think he's trying to kill Harry. Right. And then we find out that he's actually after Ron's rat. Yeah. <laughs> so Ron has this rat named Scabbers who shows up in the first and second and then a little bit more in the third movie. Mm-hmm. And Scabbers like disappears and bites Ron and all of this stuff. It's just a terrible rat. And then... Um, in the Shrieking Shack, um, Sirius is trying to kill this rat. And we're like, why do you want to kill this rat? And he turns him into Peter Pettigrew. Mm-hmm. Um, and we find out that Peter Pettigrew has been disguised as a rat for like 15 years. Yep. Um, and he is the one who was actually working for Voldemort, correct? I mean, mm-hmm. he's a Death Eater. Oh, yeah. And had kind of pinned everything on Sirius Black even though he was the one who was working for Voldemort and Sirius was actually trying to get rid of Peter.
1: And my understanding, I I would argue, he doesn't really become a Death Eater until after this movie. So I think mm-hmm. that when he escapes at the end of this movie, that starts Pettigrew's path on the Death Eater side. Mm-hmm. Because my understanding of my history would be that... Um, Pettigrew was just fearful of Voldemort, and Mm. he had information regarding Lily and James that Voldemort wanted, Um, and he was the one who had the information because he was the weakest link out of James, Ramus, and Sirius, Right. and so they thought Voldemort would never guess that Pettigrew would have this information, and Voldemort guessed, and he was too weak to stand up to him. So I don't think that he gave Voldemort the information way back when out of submission or obedience to mm-hmm. the Dark Lord as much as just being a
0: punk. Yeah. And everybody thought Peter had died
1: because right.
0: they thought Sirius killed him. And then right. he shows up on the map, the martyr's map, which is also another cool mm-hmm. part of this movie. We have this map that Harry is given by Fred and George that was originally Peter's, fa- um, Harry's father's map. Right. Um, and it shows people walking around the castle and keeps them out of trouble. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Peter Pettigrew shows up and you see him on the map, and then come to find out, oh, it's because Ron's rat has been traveling the castle. Yeah. Um, and everyone's like, that's impossible. He died. Um, the map never lies. The map never <laughs> lies. Yes. Um, yeah. So it's just this, an interesting, like, we don't quite know, like, you think. Sirius is the bad guy, Mm -hmm. because you think he killed Peter and led Voldemort to Harry's parents, and then come to realize that no, Mm -hmm. Peter Pettigrew is actually the one who give up that information
1: and I don't know if they went into the details behind um, Sirius's arrest I feel like they make it sound like he spent 13 years in Azkaban because he everybody thought he killed Peter when in reality Peter went um, into a muggle town and murdered I think 13 people Mm. I want to say it was like 13 people um, and then Sirius caught up with him and was like what are you doing and you know obviously they got into an argument and a fight and whatever I don't know if Sirius was about to kill him or about to cast a spell on him or whatever. And that's when Peter turned himself into a rat and lost the finger whilst doing so. Right. And so then Sirius got blamed for not only Peter's death, but also the 13 muggles that Peter mm-hmm. murdered and makes blew sense. up.
0: So Dumbledore the whole time is like, <laughs> this is what makes me so mad about Dumbledore. <laughs> but he's like. Sirius Black is a bad guy. He worked for Voldemort. Blah 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 blah. And then Sirius Black shows up with Harry Potter in the Shrieking Shack, and Sirius is like, "I'm your godfather. I've been protecting you." Mm-hmm. And then later, Dumbledore's like, "Yeah, I knew he was your godfather."
1: I just get so angry. I'm like, Dumbledore, why do you pretend like you don't know these things? Well, okay, McGonagall also knew. That's true. That he was his godfather. But they they knew he was his godfather. But I don't know that they ever knew the story behind it. I don't think they ever mm. knew that it was really Pettigrew Maybe. that sold out Lily and James. Maybe. So. I don't know. Just. Like, why do
0: they always keep stuff from Harry? And then at the end of the movies, they're like, yeah, I knew that.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Poor Dumbledore. You hate on him so much. I do. I really
0: do. (laughs) Um, Okay. So, um, oh, I lost my train of thought there for a second. Um, It was about. Okay. So we have a bunch of new stuff in this movie. So we have the martyr's map. We have the patronus spell. We have Mm -hmm. a hippogriff. We have Mm -hmm. the fear creature. Out of everything that's new in this movie, what is your favorite, other than the Patronus spell, because you already said that's like your favorite spell in all of Harry Potter. Mm-hmm. What's your favorite new thing that we're introduced to in the Wizarding World, world in this one? That's hard to pick.
1: Um, <laughs> probably the Leaky Cauldron. I mean, that's oh, yeah. not like a new thing, but it's a new place. Uh, I like the Leaky Cauldron. I don't think I realized it was new. I don't think it was in the first or second. Where do they go the first time with Hagrid? Oh, I guess they do. Yeah. they. Okay, that's true. So they go into the Leaky Cauldron briefly and like have a drink.
0: Yeah. But to
1: me, like it was the hotel yeah. aspect of it. Like I felt like they expanded it. Like we thought it was like a bar restaurant. And then all of a sudden in this movie, it's like a total hangout space yeah. and hotel. You're and, totally right. Yeah. So yeah, that's I liked a, that. that. That's a cool.
0: What about you? Um, I think I this is kind of dumb, but I like the book the the Monster Book of really? Monsters. Yeah, why? Um, I just think it shows the magic mm-hmm. of their textbooks. Mm-hmm. You know, you think the magic is like just with the wizards or the creatures, but like even their books are spellbound, mm-hmm. and then um. Hagrid is teaching magical creatures that year and so he tells them to open up to like page 45 and Draco is like how am I supposed to do that and he's like just pet the spine and stroke, so then, the, spine, yeah, of stroke course. the spine of course and so he like strokes the spine and then the book is like calm mm-hmm. um I don't know I just think it's I never really thought about their books being s- magical magical things as well right which they like hold their own magic mm. Um, and it makes me wonder when you open up a page, does the creature like come out of the page? Is it like a 3D, 4D <laughs> pop-up book? Like, I just want to know what happens when you start opening up the pages of those books. <laughs>
1: Well, it's really interesting because you think of the magic coming from, like you said, from the wizard or from the magical creature onto the item, right? Like you see Mrs. Weasley um, bewitching different Mm -hmm. things in her house to clean themselves and things like that. But with the book it just is a magical creature in and of itself, interestingly right. enough. And that scene, because when the kids are going to Hogsmeade in the beginning, and this is in the book, um, they're all, you know, needing to ask for one of these books. And these books are like in a cage or in a crate. Oh, interesting. And the witch who works at the <laughs> bookstore always gets so angry when one of the kids <laughs> needs the book because she has to go in the cage and like get it. And like, why did nobody tell her she just needed to stroke all their spine? like this exactly. poor woman.
0: <laughs> Where was Hagrid when you needed it Honestly. <laughs> That's so interesting. So they like go into that in the book. They don't really do. I mean, they
1: don't do that in the movie. He just like ends up with the book. Yeah. Well, because I think he still ended up with the book in the book, but they went into when other kids went into it. That's so cool. Yeah. So I cool. think it was like more of like a look of relief on the lady's face when he said that he didn't need that book.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um i think too with the new movies of um like magical creatures and where to find them Mm -hmm. uh, that's not what the movie is called fantastic beasts and where to find them yeah um i don't know why but i feel like the book being like a monster itself Mm. adds a layer to that movie even though it's not the same book but it's just i don't know i just feel like it's it's kind of cool um with the Fantastic Beast movie because that has a lot of those sort of like the items themselves are magical, yeah, as opposed to the creature being magical, yeah, I think that's a good point. Um, another thing that we're introduced to in this movie is time travel.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: How do you feel about the time travel piece in this movie? Probably
1: different than you because <laughs> I know you. Um, I don't mind it Mm -hmm. because I think that they just kept it within the context of like this movie for this piece. Mm -hmm. I'm fine with it. Yeah. How do you feel about it, Molly?
0: (laughs) Well, so like her little time turner, right? So Hermione is taking like 10 classes. Mm -hmm. And so she uses the time turner to be in multiple places at once essentially. And so then Dumbledore tells her to use it to save... Serious Black because Serious Black ends up dying the first time around.
1: Right. I don't know that he died the first time around. I think he was imprisoned and going to die. That was my understanding. When they're laying on the lake side? Yeah. Oh, I He'd, just assumed he died. No. Well, I could be wrong, but I don't think that he died.
0: Because, um, oh, maybe. I don't think he died. Okay. Um, But then, like, the hippogriff, um, Buckbeak, yes. who is Hagrid's, like, new pet, the kids are like obsessed with now um <laughs> also gets beheaded so we think
1: supposedly
0: yes so here's my problem so then Dumbledore like tells Hermione more than one innocent life can be saved if you use your time turner and you use it correctly yep so they go back in time and so the first time round they're in Hagrid's hut mm-hmm. and they get hit with like stones mm-hmm and they don't know where it came from, so then they see that the Minister of Magic and the Executioner are coming to Hagrid's hut, and mm-hmm. so then Ron, Hermione, and Harry leave. Yes. Which is all fine, except that the second time around, you realize they got hit in the head with these stones because the first version of Ron, Hermione, and Harry throw them uh-huh. at them. Yep what really bothers me is that the first timeline would not have somebody hit them in the head with stones because that version in the first timeline that's the first time they've been there in the original timeline so there can't be stones that hit them that's what really bothers me (laughs) so then like you think buckbeak gets beheaded and the in the first timeline he should have gotten beheaded and in the second timeline he wouldn't have gotten beheaded But it's implied that in the first timeline, he also didn't get beheaded. Mm -hmm. It's just the executioner like sliced a pumpkin open because he was mad. Mm -hmm. But the original timeline, none of the time travel would have happened yet. I think that's what really bothers me. Yeah. Is that things that happened in the original timeline with them getting hit with the stones, especially, and Hermione like hearing herself in the woods And Lupin hearing a werewolf call in the original timeline. None Mm -hmm. of that would have happened because the original uh, Harry and Hermione would not have time traveled yet. That's what bothers me.
1: Mm -hmm. I see your point. (laughs) (laughs) I... I'm not as passionate about time travel as you are. (laughs) Um, So I don't have a really great response to all of that thinking through. (laughs) But I definitely see your point. Yeah. So what would you change about the whole ending of this movie?
0: Well, so I think I would have like, I don't mind the time travel had the original timeline been like they would have like the minister would have knocked on the door and so then they had to rush out Mm -hmm. and Buckbeak really did get beheaded so then they went back in time and changed all of that Mm -hmm. Um, and Lupin like didn't hear they had another way of getting Lupin to not kill Sirius in that moment of being a werewolf Um, and then the second time the original Hermione you know werewolf called to keep any Sirius Injury to Sirius Black. Like, it just, I don't know. I just feel like it needed to be different mm-hmm. the first time around. And then the second time, they, like, change things about the timeline to make it go smoother. So yeah. that, like, Buckbeak doesn't end up dying and Sirius doesn't end up going to prison and that kind of stuff. Yeah. I don't know. Fair enough. Yeah. But I am confused at the end. Is it Harry that ends up saving harry and sirius is he the yeah the deer yeah so that's not james nope but james and harry have the same patronus
1: um y- yes it's a stag yeah yeah is
0: that james is his dad's patronus as well yeah because okay.
1: he's the prongs on messiah's moony wormtail oh. padfoot and prongs Gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> from the marauders map yeah um
0: Okay. Oh, and that's what's on your thing. She has a mug that says Espresso Patronus. <laughs> and it's like the... Yep. What are they called?
1: Prongs. Prongs. I mean, the deer antlers, yeah. basically.
0: <laughs> um, so Harry and James end up having the same Yep, Patronus, which I guess is kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and that saves them from the Dementors because there's like 10, 15 Dementors. Oh, yeah. Killing them both by the lake. Lots. Yeah. Um, so the Patronus... Is it just that the Patronus is like happiness so like the dementors have to flee from the happiness? Yeah, I think the
1: light and the joy. Okay. Yeah. Cool. That's what it seems like anyhow. Yeah. That's cool. I have some fun facts yeah, Would you go like for it. them? Yeah. They're totally random. I like it. So, um in the beginning was, was the, the word. word. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. That's exactly what I was thinking as soon as I said it. <laughs> Good little midnight girl. Um, so it, in the start of the movie, <laughs> um, you see them at the Leaky Cauldron. Not really the very start, but kind of mm-hmm. the f- near the start of the movie. Um, you see everybody at the Leaky Cauldron and they all have the Daily Prophet. And the Weasleys mm. had taken a f- vacation in Egypt. Yes. And I always wondered, how in the, how did they afford a vacation to Egypt with all of their kids if they are, like, barely keeping right. their house together? Like, they're supposed to be so poor. How did they take this, like, oh, big, that's fat vacation? Question. Well, we learn in the book mm. that they won 700 galleons from the Daily Prophet. Oh,
0: interesting. And so they just
1: used all of them to take the family on a big vacation oh that's fun which is so fun and like something that the weasleys would do right and in addition to that we never asked ourselves why or how ron continues to do magic um even though his wand broke last year but they used some of the money that they won from the daily profit to buy ron a new wand so those are some fun facts
0: (laughs) (laughs) i love it i love that yeah, that's I never even thought about it that mm-hmm. they went to Egypt and have no money. Yeah. So that's interesting. I yeah. love that. Uh thanks for sharing. No, you're welcome. I feel like this story as well as the next movie and book, I feel like are this like weird intermission like movie and book. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like not a lot happens. But it introduces a lot of stuff that you have to know for the end yes. of the story. Oh, yeah. Like the the Patronus spell, like we said, becomes really important. The mm. the idea of Sirius Black. Yeah, um, who he is,
1: what Re- he brings.
0: The introdu- introduction of Remus. He becomes yeah. super important. Yeah. Um, so some of those things, uh, It's it feels like this weird. I feel like not a lot happens in the movie, really. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it presents a lot of information that you have to know for the future. Oh, I agree. And it has a lot of foreshadowing of like even um, Dumbledore saying like sometimes you just have to turn on the light or like he does that thing with the candle and then it yeah. comes back into play with Ron. Yeah. In the seventh movie. Yeah. Um, so just things like that, that it feels like nothing happens. And yet without this storyline of Sirius Black, it would be totally lost. Like there would be
1: holes. Well, because in the first movie, you have a little bit of history. And Mm -hmm. in the second movie, it starts the routine of them coming to Hogwarts and Voldemort ruining something. Mm -hmm. And we see that routine play out in the rest of the films. But if you just kept that going, it would almost be like a different, just a different movie or (laughs) a different episode, Mm -hmm. every movie versus tying it all together. And have a nice pretty knot of, um, like you said, like the history and let's complete the story here a little yeah.
0: bit. Um, So what is your Patronus?
1: According to the wizardingworld.com yes. a mink. Uh, what is a mink? I wasn't prepared for that I'm question. So I'm looking at a picture of it and it... <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, wait. Let me <laughs> Let me look this up because the... It just looks really weird. It's it's like I mean it's kind of cute. It's like a, 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 a it's a mammal. Okay. It's kind of in the water sometimes, kind of on land sometimes. So is it like an otter? It looks like a ferret, oh. maybe, but a cuter ferret that <laughs> swims. Um, if that can, I don't know. What would you say?
0: <laughs> oh yeah, it kind of does look like an otter. But also kind of like a beaver is cute. Though. It's really cute. It's very
1: cute. What's your Patronus?
0: My Patronus is a Siberian cat. I'm sorry. What? A Siberian cat. So it's like um, brown and white. Um, And I think it is the same as Hermione's actually yeah
1: oh is it pretty kitty
0: yeah it's pretty kitty it's very fluffy it looks
1: like professor mcgonagall
0: oh yeah um i'm looking up hermione's patronus right now oh no hers is an otter so -hmm. you're closer to hers than i am
1: i think her patronus in the book is different than her patronus in the movie oh really yeah
0: interesting do you know that professor mcgonagall's patronus is a cat
1: that doesn't surprise me at all. Actually, and that's why
0: she morphs into cats, because that's also her patronus. Hmm. And then um, Ron is a Jack Russell Terrier, which I think plays into his loyalty. Oh yeah, super loyal dogs. Oh so, yeah, yeah. Um, but anyways, yeah, mine's a Siberian cat, which I was like hoping for something like really fierce, like a <laughs> tiger <laughs> or something. And I just have like a little Siberian fluffy cat. But I I feel like it actually kind of fits me me and my little Hufflepuffness <laughs>
1: <laughs> so cute yeah I was trying to look up to see if uh, Hermione's Patronus was different in the movie or the book and I'm not finding it so mm, maybe I do we'll apologize figure it out next time
0: yeah um is this when we find out what Snape's Patronus is and he uses the term always.
1: No. Okay. In this movie, you mean? Yes. Oh, no. That's going to be the seventh movie. Okay. Yeah.
0: I thought he went to Dumbledore's office and made it like a dance around. and.
1: Yeah, that's, that's definitely in a movie. It's just not in this movie. Okay. Yep. Cool.
0: <laughs> I'm remembering it being in this movie for some reason, but.
1: Yeah. Was- well, and it, it's kind not. of it's kind of confusing because we're introduced to Patronuses in this movie, but really we just see Harry's pretty much, yeah. Um, and then we see pretty much everybody else's in the fifth movie, Order of the Phoenix, right. which we'll get there in a few months. Yeah. And then uh, in the seventh movie, we see Snape's.
0: Yes, Snape's. He's really not in this movie at all, Snape. I mean, he like is, but isn't.
1: He comes out of the um, the Boggart box <laughs> yes. yes, for Neville.
0: And I love the whole scene where he's like, open up to page 462 or whatever. And he just keeps saying it over and over. And I'm like, oh, what is what a scary teacher. I love it.
1: <laughs> yes, he is wonderful.
0: Um, all right,
1: cool. Well,
0: I pretty much covered everything i f- I think, oh, there was something I was going to say, and then we'll close out soon, but this is the first movie trailer for Harry Potter that I ever remember seeing, and it's because it was in the previews to the Mary-Kate Nashley movie, Holiday in the Sun.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's amazing. I know.
0: It was on the VHS tape.
1: (laughs) You are aging yourself, my dear.
0: I oh, know, so <laughs> But, uh, like, I always remember thinking when I saw it, I was like, oh, this looks so scary and freaky because it always showed the hanging head in the night bus. Oh, yeah. And I didn't understand what.
1: Ah, was take it away, Ernie. <laughs> it's going to be a bumpy ride.
0: <laughs> so the night bus is so fun and it's just such yeah. an interesting part of the wizarding world where muggles can't see it and mm-hmm. it can, like, change shape to fit through other buses and alleyways and stuff, but um yeah this is the first like prisoner of azkaban is the trailer i remember seeing how fun um i don't remember any of the other harry potter trailers Mm. previous to this one yeah just being like oh that looks like such a scary movie (laughs) so yeah any other fun facts from anything you want to share
1: not for me thanks for having me yeah i'm ready for the dad joke okay here we go
0: I think I did that one for yours shoot (laughs) you just
1: made the face of like complete terrified human being
0: did I do the brown and sticky one for yours Ryan yeah okay so what's green and has wheels
1: I don't know (laughs) I wanted so bad to know a frog I was just kidding about the wheels are you kidding me i'm mad that's that's a, i need a new one that's a trick <laughs> i got the last one i was like determined to get this one what a oh, joke i know it's a good one. no oh, I, I need a better one <laughs> next time okay i'll give you a better one <laughs> that was
0: Trixie's. Uh, well thank you so much for coming on yes, um thanks and thanks for, for listening you guys our third installment of a uh, our Harry Potter series.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, you can't find Ari on the socials. Nowhere. Nowhere. But you can find me on the socials at Silver Screen and Television Dreams, SSTV Dreams on Instagram, Twitter, and you can email me at SSTVDreams at gmail.com. You can also follow me at Guacamole on Instagram. Send her some
1: the, better dad jokes.
0: Yes. Send me a dad joke and I would <laughs> happily do it on the next podcast. Um, So Yeah. Thank you so much for coming, (laughs) Um, and we will see you next time
1: for our fourth installment. Yes, Goblet of Fire.
0: Which is, I love that one. Mm -hmm. Me too, I'm excited. Yeah, it's going to be a good one. But um, thanks for listening, and remember who you are. Bye. Bye.